Evolutionary.org presents the Underground Radio Podcast with your host, Hardcore Steve, the Monster, and Mobster, the UK Beast. Prepare for the show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Evolutionary Underground, episode 19. Steve and the Mobster joining me as usual. What's up? How you doing? I'm good, mate. This is going to be one of those lovely topics, especially for you new to the game listeners. So we have a nice show ahead. It's going to be a a nice long show. A lot of good quality. Uh, Listen very closely. We're going to go over our histories as well. Using these personal experiences. Mobster has a lot of personal experience from the time he was younger till now. We're talking about orals only bulking. We're specifically going to be spending a lot of our time on D-Bowl, Anadrol, and T-Bowl. You know, and we're gonna do Geneza Pharma, Geneza Pharmaceuticals, some of the best oral steroids and injectables you'll find out there. So we're gonna talk about their orals in this episode. We're gonna go over everything. We're gonna go over some tips. We're gonna go over, as I said, our personal history using them. We're gonna go over how to stack them together, how to use them solo. It's gonna be a really, really fun show. So thanks for joining us, and let's get right into it, Mobster. So. Officer, why don't you start us out talking about bulking in general? A lot of people hear that word bulking, and I think they misconstrue what it means in a lot of cases. A lot of them think that bulking just means, yeah, let me just put on 20, 30 pounds. But really, there's a lot more to it. This is one of those things, Steve, that when you're first starting out, and, and especially if if you're a kind of skinny guy, and you hear some of the stories of guys that have gained 20 pounds, even 30 pounds, and on very rare. This normally only happens post-contest. You get rebound. Crazy numbers like 40 pounds. It's, it's, it's like magic numbers, Steve. And it's incredibly attractive when you're young, you're skinny, you're underweight, and you go, wow, well, I'm going to gain 20 pounds of muscle. I'm going to gain 30 pounds. That just sounds crazy. And the reality is, guys, that those of us with experience, and I've mentioned this in other shows, gaining that kind of weight tends to be kind of horrible, really. It, it's uncomfortable. It's hard to get used to. So what we think when we're starting out sounds great becomes something different when we've got a little bit of experience. Now, Steve and I have done uh, oral bulking cycles way back in the day when we started out. And from my from my own experience, Steve, as an example, D-Bowl, I think the first my first ever cycle gained 10 pounds. I, re- I think I kept six. And actually, that's kind of what you want to do. Some of you guys might only gain five or six pounds and keep four or five pounds. Really, that's what you want to do. So it's kind of bulking used to be we don't care what we eat. We don't care what shape we're in. We just want to get big. And the problem is, as I'm sure Steve will back me up on this, it can be a little bit of a watery mess, a fat mess. So what we tend to recommend now is what we call a lean bulk, which is that your diet doesn't have to be 100% on point, but it has to be, it can't be eating any old shit, Steve. It can't be just, you know, fill it up on donuts and, and, and random fast food or whatever else. We want you just to, for example, right? And this is if you're really on point, you, you would just have more good, healthy food. And you would like double up on the rice, double up on the chicken breast, whatever. Uh, but, you know, let, let's be nice. We're going to let you have a little bit fatty. We're going to let you eat a little bit more carbs than you usually would. 
but we don't want you to get fat and out of shape. What we want is muscle. We want to get so it's that so it's, like, it's a it's a balance. And as I said, we go from what we kind of dream about being 20, 30 pounds heavier to what we in reality know is actually better for you. We're going to get into the side effects that using orals, bulking orals especially, and again, a dirty bulk, a fat, a fat bulk, an, an untidy bulk, if you like, with the side effects to go with, Steve, as we know, it's just not pretty. So it's almost healthier to do it the way that we're suggesting. It's one of those things that you're more likely to keep muscle on rather than, for example, gain a, a load of water and then lose a load of water. That's no good to anybody. Uh, and again, as I say with these podcasts, Steve, I like to think long-term. I've been in the game a long time. You've been in the game a long time. And it's about keeping three, four, five pounds a cycle and doing that year in, year out and growing up to be a mini monster, a medium monster, and then finally just a big monster. And that's the way it should be. So, yeah, forget dirty bulking, guys. You'd have to be absolutely crazy underweight. And even another thing, Steve, even before you use a Genetza bulking orals, just sort your diet out, guys. Just sorting your diet out and keeping your training on point, and you'll have muscle that way. Don't, don't use the drugs to make up for a, a crappy diet. And as I said, don't really go down the route of a crappy diet, full stop, which we'll get into more specifically in a little while. Back to you, Steve. A lot of, a lot of the, the advantage of using anabolic steroids when it comes to bulking is they work. I mean, they, they work incredibly well. And oral steroids, the advantage of using oral steroids with bulking is they work incredibly fast. Okay. So we live in a very fast society, uh, a very impatient society, uh, a lot more, you know, access to information today. Back in the 80s and in most of the 90s, if you wanted information on any of this stuff, on weight training, dieting, on bodybuilding, whatever, you had to go to the library, get a bunch of books and read up. Or you'd get information from the gym by asking people, by, by networking that way. Now it's all social media. It's podcasts like this giving you information. You have this information at your fingertips. You know, back in the 80s, I didn't even have a VCR. Until like 86 or 87, I got my first VCR. So before that, if you're watching something on TV, you know, or listening to something on the radio, you know, <laughs> you, you couldn't pause it. We didn't have DVRs back then. We didn't have TiVo back then. Best case, you use a cassette tape to, 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 to record something like this, like we're doing. These podcasts, you can save these podcasts, go back and listen to them over and over to get the information. So we've changed a lot as a society. So I don't blame anyone. I had a client that came to me the other day. He's been training for like a year and a half now, busting his ass in the gym, eating great. And he he's having a hard time gaining. So in his situation, you know, steroids, you know, if you want to bulk, you gotta, you gotta take those steroids. You gotta take advantage of them. And orals are a great way to do it. When it comes to bulking, because you could do it quickly, but also when you come off of these orals, you can recover a lot quicker. So we're going to get to the side effects and tips later on on this. Um, as far as bulking in general, one of the big mistakes that people make is they bulk too fast, too much. Yeah. And that is a problem because what ends up happening is you put on so much fat and water that it becomes difficult to lose it. The water will come off. But the fat that you put on is a lot harder to come off because then you find yourself, you know, you you end up basically losing a lot of energy and being fatigued when you work out. So if you know what I'm talking about, 
you get so used, you get so insulin resistant in the body that it's almost like you got to have carbs just to get in a workout and you don't want to go down that route. So it's it's better, as Mobster was saying, to, to bulk up over time. So with these oral cycles, you can run them four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, come off, recover fully, and then go back on yeah. four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, and kind of go, go that way. So that gives you greater flexibility when it comes to bulking on orals versus bulking on injectables, which take much longer to peak in your system and also take much longer to leave your system. So mom, sir, you really want to get in on this? Uh, give us yeah, some more bulking information and then we'll move on. One more thing. Well, two more things then, Steve. One more thing which occurs to me is actually what you were talking about with accessibility. Back in the day, we didn't even have access to all these orals. Even, even I mean, I'm just thinking, Steve, back in the day, D-Bow and Anadrol was easy to get hold of if you knew the right people. Uh, T-Bow, not so much. And and here's the thing, guys. Sometimes it was Obson's choice. You literally had what your source, what your dealer, what the gym owner, whatever was able to get for you versus the accessibility that you have now. So that that in itself was, you know, your choice was made for you. You didn't have the choices that you have now. And you'd, you'd hear these stories about some drug and you couldn't get hold of it. Uh, it was as simple as that. And if you weren't part of the inner circle, all that kind of stuff. Whereas now, of course, you know, great sources like Genexa, and 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 the companies that uh, rep their products, way 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 easier. So it's just stuff like that. In terms of bulking, again, and we're getting specifics, bulking tips and tricks in a little while. One of the things I've mentioned in other sort of bulking type podcasts that we've done, Steve, is here's the thing, guys. It would be very very easy to do those kind of exercises that you think that you like, which might be something like concentration curls and tricep kickbacks and stuff like that. My recommendation is that's for the other part of the year when you're stripping the weight away and when you're shaping the muscles. For me, I would go with the winter time over the summertime and I would do the big, heavy ass exercises. Guys, I'm probably doing most of those now, but it would be skull crushes and dips for triceps. It would be cheek curls and easy bar curls for biceps. It would be heavy benching, barbell, machine, dumbbell, whatever. And I would keep it all kind of horrible compound nasty heavy exercises for a bulk i'm not looking to be pretty boy i'm not looking for a six pack i am as i said to you earlier on guys looking for a lean bulk over a dirty bulk but that's because we learned that a dirty bulk just ends up being messy and as steve says you end up having the loser fat you end up having the loser water but you do want these big heavy nasty horrible compound exercises and it's way easier to go with nature which i've discussed in another podcast so winter time or the cooler months, depends what, where you live in, in the world, uh, versus the hotter, sweatier, more humid kind of time of year, which typically, of course, of the world is, is the summertime. And again, where, where you live, where you're brought up and all these kind of things. And you've got air conditioned gyms, guys. So in some kind of ways, again, accessibility to equipment, accessibility to gyms, accessibility to the PEDs. And in this day and age, accessibility to the food. Is so much easier. I, 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 if I, it's one of those things, Steve, the kind of podcast that we could discuss. If you had your time again, would you do things differently? And the short answer is yes. I would not do a dirty bulk, and I would stick to the compounds, and I would work with nature, like I just said. So yeah, back to you, Steve. Let's talk about Genetza and why you should use a source like Genetza. Listen, Genetza Pharma is legitimate. 
you know, first of all. Uh, number two, this guy in your gym who you're buying steroids off of, who's selling you steroids, he doesn't know what he's selling. You know, he's probably got a buddy in some trailer in the middle of nowhere brewing steroids. And right next to where he's brewing steroids, he's probably brewing meth and all kinds of other hard drugs. Is that the guy you want? You know, making things that you're putting in your body? I mean, these orals that he's producing are full fillers. They're probably like only like 10 or 15% of the actual steroid because he wants to save money. And number, and even if he is an honest, supposedly honest guy, does he know what he's doing? That's the question. He's probably, you know, high while he's making these compounds. So you're going to get uh, a one pill that might have no steroids in it. And you might have another pill that has 80% in it. You see what I'm saying? It's going to be very inconsistent batches that he's going to produce. So why, why would you do that? Geneza Pharma is different. Geneza Pharma is made in an actual lab by actually educated scientists and doctors who know what they're doing, okay? They're educated in the medical field, all right? They're doing this for a living. This is their job. They're professionals at their job. They're not amateurs. So those are who you want to use to get your anabolic steroids to put these in your body, all right? So... You wouldn't take your car down to a mechanic down the street, some, you know, tiny uh, mom and pop shop, you know, where half the people are out back having beers and, and smoking and getting drunk. Right. So why would you take, you know, why would you put anything in your body that was made by someone like that? You know, just a, a, a person who doesn't care about quality. He's got he's only going to be in business a year or two. He's either going to get busted and arrested or he's going to just basically Take your, you know, take everyone's money and, and ghost out. So those aren't the people to deal with. Genez has been around a long time. They have a track record. They're vetted. Okay. If there's anything wrong with their gear, we would hear about it. Because thousands and thousands and thousands of people use their anabolic steroids, both their orals and injectables. Okay. So, and it's obvious, you know, they're all over the forums. Uh, they have reps to help you, to give you uh, customer service. The guy in the gym, he's not going to give you customer service. If you've got an issue, he's not going to solve it. You know, he's going to tell you to, to, to get lost, you know. So you've got to basically make sure you're putting things in your body that are what they claim to be. Okay. So you don't know what this guy is selling in the gym. So it's just crazy in 2022 or down the line, 2025 or 2030, to be using anabolic steroids from some random dude like that it just doesn't make any sense when you can just with a click of a mouse get geneza pharma products which are far far superior so you know what you're getting if you order geneza farmer pharma dianabol you know you're getting dianabol if you get geneza pharma anadrol you know you're getting anadrol you see what i'm saying you don't know what you're getting from this guy in the gym you could buy Anadrol from him, and it could be D-Ball. You could buy T-Ball from him, and it could be Anadrol. You don't know what the hell he's selling. He doesn't know what he's selling. And he he doesn't test his own stuff. Geneza Pharmaceutical, they test their own stuff. It's 99% what they say it's going to be, which is pharmacy-quality steroids. And that's how it is in the pharmaceutical industry. The guy in the gym, there is no quality standards. He could produce something that's 20% what he says it is, and to him, that's good, good to go.
So you're, you know what I'm saying? So it makes no sense to go with him. So yeah, Mobster, why don't you tell us a little bit more? So here's what I, here's the thing guys. And this is the reason why you don't always have to take it at face value when we're doing a, a podcast list. So you go right and do your own research. Number one, how long has the company been around? Genes has been around for years and they've been around for years because they haven't fucked people over. They are not a Johnny Go Lightly here today, gone tomorrow lap. That's not how they work. And in fact, Steve, as Steve knows, I sent a message to Steve the other day and showed him I've got one of his 2007 steroid encyclopedias. And the reason why these encyclopedias went out of vogue and stopped getting produced, Steve, is because the lab turnover was enormous. Hundreds. Thousands of a thousand different steroids uh, some of which made it to market, some of which it did not. And then they would have pages of the labs that they recommended. And the problem was, and I know this just from looking at one product, for example, Steve, there's only a couple of those labs that are still around. Underground labs came and went. And honestly, some would last six months, some years, two, three years. But they went. Mexican labs, labs in Spain, labs in France. It, they, it, it doesn't happen. What happens now is you've ended up with as a, a company like Geneza staying. And sticking around, and you know, then maybe they're not a big pharma company, but they have been around as a producer of performance enhancing drugs for years. You can go online and see where they've had problems with their products ten years ago, and they came online and they admitted they had a problem with their product and they fixed it, and now they produce a C seven certificates of analysis, so you can see a lab-tested version of that product. What does it contain? Is it to within 1%, as Steve said, sometimes better than 1% of the quoted number that's on the bottle or the vial or the pill or whatever else? So that's the way that you go. And then, you, for example, you can see, you go to the Genetza parent website and see a photograph of the building, where the lab is, where the products are being produced. You can go on other forums not just the Evo family, but other forums and check them out and say, oh, is this Psychogenesis, that Psychogenesis, have you got experience? And you can see for yourself. So that's how this stuff works. It's a way of finding, and again, just for the Evo, for example, we, we use what's called an approved source system. In other words, we ask if people have used the product, what their experiences with the product, did you have problems with customer service, all these kind of things. And just as an example, today, I'm on the forums this morning, before I went to the gym, and the Geneza rep was on there dealing with a question that had come up with one of the forum members, talking about contacting them directly via email. That And that happens every single damn day. So that's what you're looking for. You want customer service that gets back to you. Even the weekends is a couple of days, but normally the same day. They resolve issues, if it's an issue with payment, whatever, all these kind of things. That's the reason they become an approved source. That's the reason why we rate them so highly. And that's the reason why you go to them. Like Steve said, we're old school. We're long enough in the tooth, as we say here in the UK, which basically means we've been doing this a long time, to know, I have talked about this on a previous podcast, Steve, got given D-Ball for free. Free, thank you very much, just because I was in the game. And nothing happened. And then I switched to a different source on the Friday, and it was a company that we've heard of. And from Friday to Monday, gained four pounds. So one underground lab, as Steve said, had nothing in the pills at all. If they did, it was barely active. And the next company, much more highly regarded, just literally I was finishing off the previous bottle 
boom, four pounds in four days on Debo. So that's what you're looking for. You want a company you can trust with solid products that give you honest reviews for their certificates of analysis, honest lab tests, and that have been around a long last time. And that's what we're looking at. And like I said, don't take our words for it. Go away and do your own research. Check them out. Check out their parent site. Check out the companies that sell their products. See if they've been around five, six, ten years, whatever else. See if they sponsor people. See if they put competition together. See if they're putting something back into the game. That's what we're talking about. That's why we do this podcast. And that's why we write rate Genesis so highly, Steve. Back to you. Let's get into some of our own personal experiences uh, bulking with oral. So first time I ever used anabolic steroids, guess what my first steroid was? It was Debol. And Dianabol is the most dummy-proof steroid out there. I mean, anyone can take Dianabol and get results. So I took 30 milligrams a day. And a few days into it, when I went and lifted, I could tell the difference. I was, instead of doing six reps on the same amount of weight, I was now doing eight reps. So, I mean, it was instant, instant when it comes to strength. And then I'll tell you, day, you know, every two, three days looking in the mirror, you could tell you're getting bigger, your muscles getting fuller. So Dynaball definitely works. Um, and, you know, for me, and I was able to put on a solid 10, 12 pounds. Um, it was, it, was it muscle? Of course not. You know, of course not. But considering most of our muscle is made up of water, if you fill up your, your muscles with a lot of water, obviously it's going to affect your body weight. So obviously when you come off the D bowl, you, you, you know, you deflate back down, but you know, my point is bulking. If you want to bulk, you can't go wrong with Diana bowl. Anadrol is another one. Great oral steroid if you want to just use anadrol by itself 50 milligrams a day and i've done it four weeks okay the side effects can get a little brutal on it you know dianabol you tend to feel really really good on dianabol your mood is really really good it feels nice anadrol you don't feel as good on it it's more of you get more i got fatigued on it but really like it is a solid bulker. I mean, I would say, I would say like you get like thick on Anadrol and it's not as watery as Dianabol. Dianabol aromatizes into estrogen. Anadrol does not aromatize into estrogen. It's a DHT derivative, dihydrotestosterone derivative, but it does bind to estrogen receptors. So if you're prone to gynecomastia, it could still affect, you know, you could still get those side effects. So it's a little weird one and you can't control the estrogen with aromasin. So it's a little tricky to use anadrol. So it's, it's one of those, you know, if, if you run it for four weeks and you have an issue after a week, you know, you, you may want to stop using it. So we'll get into side effects later, but that was my experience with anadrol. T-ball, just a lean bulker, very weak steroid by itself. I've used T-Bowl by itself. Um, when I've done a lot of, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of cardio, a lot of endurance, a lot of sports, stuff like that. T-Bowl for me was a good option because of the low side effects. That worked in my favor. I don't want to deal with side effects if I'm doing a lot of cardio. So I want something that's very, very mild. That's not going to affect my cardio negatively. And T-Bowl can actually boost 
your cardio because it has such little side effects. It does not aromatize into estrogen. It does not bind to estrogen receptors, any of that stuff. Um, completely dry. So, but you would bulk on it. It'd be like a, a, a like a very lean bulk on T bowl. It's not something where you take and you're gonna blow up. You know that wasn't my experience on it at all. So, mobster, why don't you give us your opinions on um orals only bulking? And in terms of stacking, I've stacked D bowl and T bowl together, twenty milligrams each. I had really good results on stacking them together to get, and they kind of get, gave a little yin and yang effect. The D bowl, a little bit of water retention. The T bowl was a more of a dryer. So those two together, if you just want to go to the gym, and get, in a, get in a workout and, and get the pumps and stuff like that. It works really, really good. Uh, D bowl and T bowl together. Now on the um, T bowl, Steve, as you and I discussed in another podcast that we've done, this was one of those drugs that was developed specifically for athletes, and I'm thinking of actually East German athletes, because they didn't want the athletes to look like they'd bulked up. So they would add a few pounds of essentially performance-enhancing muscle. So, as Steve said, very much a case of a lean bulker. And you're looking at guys that were doing, and women as well, shot put, uh, javelin, this kind of thing. So you want them to have that few extra pounds, four or five pounds of muscle at the top end, giving you more power to throw, more power to, 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 to toss the javelin, the discus, and so on and so forth. And these kind of events that they were doing in the Olympic Games uh, and, and uh, Olympic-style athletic events. Versus, for example, as Steve said, with Anadrol, especially Anadrol, and especially if you're a new sun user, that's one of those mythic drugs that sometimes the first time user, and as Steve said, a very individualistic response, I have heard of people going, boom, blowing up 20 pounds on anadrol. But also, because you've added that much size and because of the nature of the drug, it tends to have a more, uh, a greater effect on your mood than, as, than the feel-good dianabol. So, for example, say T-Bowl was specifically developed to add a little bit of productive, useful bulk, in four or five pounds, the kind of weight that you could gain and lose uh, in between competitions just by being more or less active. So it wasn't so obvious to the referees and the umpires and the judges that were refereeing these competitions. Now, the other two drugs, Steve and I experienced 100%. And I mentioned it earlier, my first cycle of anything, literally putting my feet in the water just to see what would happen. One of the few that I did back in the day that wasn't part of a competition, I wanted to see how I responded and as we said earlier on, the other thing I was the same, Steve, I believe I was um, living in a police section house because of who I used to work for back in the day. And I was eating canteen food. I had creatine and protein up in my little room. And I went up 10 pounds on D-Bolt. I believe, as Steve said already, I think it was 30 milligrams, the same as Steve. I've, I've only ever gone as high as 50 milligrams on that cycle anyway when I've run it later on. And I still gained 10 pounds. I kept six pounds and as steve said again that it just just being that much bigger affects your leverage and as i said in other other podcasts when we talked about debo affected the leverage what does that mean it means when you are pressing above your head the bottom position your forearms are thicker your biceps are thicker your shoulders are thicker so you're pressing off thicker muscles which improves your leverage which means you can use better weights it's more comfortable eat that little tiny bit of water retention Assuming you don't go overboard, like we talked about with dirty bulks, 
and too high of a dosage cushions your joints. So benching goes up, all the pressing movements goes up, your squatting goes up because your hamstrings are thicker, your calves are thicker. And something that doesn't get discussed too much, the pumps, the the Debo pumps are notoriously in a good way, especially if you've eaten well. One of the things that happens with a lot of steroids, but especially so with the combination of water and glycogen, is that you get your muscles store glycogen and they, it's, that's enhanced. Your uptake of proteins enhanced and that water, even the water does its job. A small amount, all of those things just make it feel good to train. And as I said earlier on, Steve, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday on a genuine D-Bowl that actually worked pound a day in those first four days. That's the kind of stuff that we want to see on the scale. That's not a fluctuation. That is a solid gain in four days. And you know that that's going to have an effect on your gym. And again, especially if you're leaner, guys, and you're more ectomorphic and you naturally don't store fat, you're going to get that kind of pumped vascular blood flow, pinkness to the skin, and if you like the pump, guys, then you're definitely going to like the T, the DD bowl pump. Anadrol is something I've used more recently, as I discussed with Steve in the pre-show. And I think for me, it's because I'm probably at the top end of my, where my body weight's ever going to go. Uh, I used, as Steve said earlier on, 50 milligrams. I, I gained. I gained on cycle. But again, I'm not trying to get big and stay big. I'm already kind of big. So on Anadrol, I got bigger. I think it was five or six pounds, Steve. I've dropped those five or six pounds, because I'm eating the same as before the cycle. I've gone back down. I've hit the target that I wanted to hit. Again, with Anadrol for me, funny enough, Steve, and this is kind of weird, when you look at the medical use of certain performance arts and drugs, and Anadrol is the classic example, they've actually got you using one milligram per kilo of body weight. So in other words, for myself, Steve, medically speaking, if not for performance enhancing purposes, I could be using... 140 milligrams a day but again that's for the medical use strangely enough pretty much every reference that we see has you with a good solid 50 milligrams a day so it's actually less than the medical use and i've only ever seen a few people running at the higher dosages of up to 100 milligrams a day but for me 50 milligrams is a sweet spot it's half the medical use you're going to get the gains i think as steve said earlier on if i had run it in the higher numbers, i.e. up to 100 milligrams, and I had put on, for example, another five or six pounds, that would have had me over 330 pounds, Stephen. Trust me, that's just plain good old-fashioned uncomfortable. And uh, again, guys, I've heard the stories about people gaining 20 pounds. Trust me, a 20-pound gain, especially on you new guys that are not used to it, would be horrendous. But dose it right, which we'll get into, or... There's a combination with other drugs. Run it short, like Steve said earlier on. I would pick D-Bowl first. Anadrol would be my second bulking choice, I think, here, Steve, of what's available from Geneza. D-Bowl would be my go-to pretty much all the time. But I have used Anadrol. I have had some experience with it. I haven't got that experience with T-Bowl just yet. But again, solid products from Geneza, uh, and, and that's the way that we would go with those particular ones. Let's talk about stacking and dosages, Steve. So we're getting to the how we would put these things together and give you guys a sort of template to work from. Steve. So let's start with T-Ball because T-Ball is the most mild of the three. And with, you know, Toronto Ball, it was designed, you know, Mobster touched on it. It was designed more as a mild type of 
Diebel, basically an East German version of Dianable, basically stripped. A lot of the androgenic activity stripped. They, all the estrogenic activity stripped. So you're getting basically a pure, mild compound with 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 Tyranobol. So with T-Bowl, you got to basically realize that when you use it. So don't run T-Bowl if you're a skinny guy who's trying to bulk, you know, 10 pounds, 12 pounds, 15 pounds, because you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be like, oh, this stuff doesn't work. This stuff doesn't do anything. Use it if you want to bulk up a few pounds, all right? A few pounds, but it's good, clean, keepable bulking with T-Bowl. Yeah. So I would use a dosing from 30 milligrams up to 60 milligrams if you're going to use it solo. And that would be a good dosage. If you want to be a little more aggressive, you can go more 50. Now, for me, like I talked about earlier, I was using T-Bowl solo for my athletics, for my endurance, for my sports, you know, like to play different sports. So I was using it just for that. I wasn't using it because I didn't really care about using it for weight training purposes. So in that case, I stuck to a lower dose, 30 milligrams a day, even 20 milligrams a day. So that's the way, that's the way I ran it. And it helped. It helped boost my athletic you know, endurance, it helped boost my lean muscle mass in the gym. It gave me a little bit of pump, but not like crippling pumps that you would get on Debo or Anadrol, but it gave me some pumps, not a lot. And it's a really good one. It's a really good one. So if you want to lean bulk, if you're a bigger guy, maybe T-Bowl would be more up your alley because you can kind of lean bulk on it, get a little stronger, but it won't be something where you blow up. Anadrol, straight up 50 milligrams is a standard dose. We all know that. Now, some guys go lower. Some guys go down to 25. They do half of that. And some guys get more aggressive. They'll go 75, even 100. It just depends on the situation. So you've got to kind of like just do what you do you. You do what you feel is best. Me personally, 25 milligrams of Anadrol, I'm good to go. 25 milligrams of Anadrol. This stuff hits me hard. I really enjoy 25 milligrams. Now, if it's a day where I'm doing legs or a day where I need a little psychological boost, I'll do an extra 25. So I'll do 50 milligrams that particular day ahead of my workout just for a little psychological boost on leg day, just to get a little more aggression, a little more strength. Okay. Even if it's a slight difference, scientifically, it is a little psychological effect. Now, when it comes to Dianable, Dianabol, the range on Dianabol can be as low as 10 milligrams to 50 milligrams of Dianabol. Um, the average dose is, is always 30 milligrams. I mean, it's been that case for years. Back in the day, back in the 70s, guys who wanted the bulk, back in mobsters days, you just grab like a handful of uh, Dianabol and you, <laughs> you took it. That was basically your daily dose. That's what they. That's the way they would use it back in those days. But um, each Dianabol... It's 10 milligrams, so you just take a handful of it. But back then, they used to sell them in, in smaller smaller amounts. So just check out Geneza Pharma. Check out you know the Dianable that they have on Geneza Pharma. Check out the Anadrol. Check out the T-Bowl and see which one you want to try. I recommend trying all three separately. So yes. just pick the first one you want to use, roll with it, 
Then go with the second one in your next cycle. Roll with it. See how you like it. Then the third one. Roll with it. You can just go on there and buy all three. Um, they're not expensive. Anadrol no. and Debol are among the cheapest steroids you can find. So it's not going to cost you very much to run a cycle. And you're good to go. So I think I would go that way, Mobster. I would experiment with all three solo. How would you run them solo? And I'm going to talk a little bit about stacking them um, in a second. But how would you run them solo, Mobster? I agree 100%, Steve, honestly. My my D-Bowl cycles have never been over 50, and I would say 90%. And I think, I'm trying to think now, Steve, I think I've probably done D-Bowl, I'm going to say six times. I might have done it more. Uh, and you know that one of my favourites is, for example, Anivar, because of the power and strip that I gained with light T-Bowl, not, not a huge amount of uh, added body weight to do with. But I knew where I was with D-Bowl, and it was great for me when I was doing my once-a-year bench press time in five. Uh, it was either the choice between Debo and Anivar and how much I knew that I would gain on that cycle, how much muscle I would add, how stronger I would get, and so on and so forth. And it never, ever needed to be crazy amounts, Steve. Uh, as an example, guys, and I've covered this in previous podcasts, Debo or Anivar, for me, was a 20-kilo jump between my off-cycle one rep max and my on-cycle one rep max. As an example, again, I was, I'm thinking that those days when I was doing my best would be between, I think I was around averaging off 280 pounds. I'm six foot three, guys. So I was carrying 280 very well. And I would gain body weight while Steve, 10 pounds uh, on either of those things. And that's manipulation of the diet and drugs. And never needed to run either one of those at high numbers. So for me, like Steve said earlier on, the bowl, the sweet spot. Even at my body weight, even at my height, and even with the experience that I had at that particular point in time, I didn't need to go crazy. Uh, it's dead simple. It's cheap as dirt, practically. And 30 milligrams was easy-peasy way to done it. Now, as I covered a few minutes ago, Anadrol seems to be 50 milligrams. And I would agree with that. That's what I run recently. Uh, and again, as I touched just on just now, it's actually less than the medical recommended dose per kilogram of body weight for a medical condition. But unlike that medical condition, you're in, you're in the gym, you're slamming the weights, you're doing those big heavy compounds that I mentioned earlier, and you're eating properly. With a medical condition, you tend to be poorly, you tend to be ill, you tend to have something the matter with you. So you're not in the gym trying to crush crazy weights, and you're not eating like a professional bodybuilder, you're not doing those things. And because you're not doing those things, and because you don't have, uh, you would struggle if you were medically unwell, you need a dose run under medical supervision to get you well. In our case, we don't need to go crazy. Now, of course, like Steve said, there is a range and it comes from personal experience. Some of you, it might just be down to receptor affinity. affinity. There are drugs that we like that other people do not like. There are there's things in your lifestyle that might need to change. And again, this is a stuff I'll touch on this again, Steve. If 30 milligrams, for example, in Debo, and 50 milligrams in the case of Anadrol works so goddamn well, it works so goddamn well because those particular people have an affinity for either drug, they're training the way that we're talking about, and eating the way that we suggest. Some of you do not, and you're trying to make up the shortcomings. Some of you don't have those affinities. Some of you got hectic, crazy, hardworking lifestyles, so it's that much harder you to eat and bulk and even just eat at the right time. So there's those kind of things. T-bolt, like we said earlier on, I would call that for me a lean bulker rather than anything else. The water retention is minimal. 
The muscle gain is not crazy. And like I said, it was kind of like a secret squirrel steroid. Put on a few pounds, get better at the athletic movement. So that would mean, for example, Steve, if you're doing explosive type training in the gym, I'd recommend it. If you're not looking to blow up, I would recommend it. And also, T-Ball, I think, would be one of those ones, again, at the right dose, you're more likely to keep most of what you add. As an example, let's say that you gain 10 pounds on either Anadrol or D-Ball. If you're lucky, you'll keep 50 or 60%. Follow my tips, Fred, on Evo to see how to keep your gains after a cycle. Now, on T-Bowl, I think you're probably going to keep 80 or 90% if you tweak your diet and if you tweak your training because it's a much leaner gainer. You don't gain masses of weight, but you will gain something. And a smaller amount, and Steve's touched on this in other podcasts, is easier to retain and tweak and adjust to than the bigger ones. Guys, it would be awesome if every time we touch T-Bowl, regardless of the source, but especially if it's Geneza, and you get you kept all of those gains every single time. That would be absolutely amazing. In reality, it doesn't work like that. And again, it's the exact thing about, about thinking like a professional bodybuilder in terms of getting bigger in your season and getting leaner and looking good for the beach and just looking damn good with your shirt off in the summertime, in the warmer times. So that's the way that I would think. Honestly, guys, my, my thinking in terms of the dosing is going to be the same as Steve's. My thinking in terms of the cycling, uh, Dylan Gamelli, for example, he's not keen on you running orals for more than four weeks. Steve and I are both okay, six, seven, eight weeks. My most recent, funny enough, anadrol cycle, I believe, was five weeks, Steve, and it done the job for what I needed it to do for the bench press target I had in mind. So I ran it for as long as I needed to and no longer. And I wasn't looking, as I said earlier on, guys, to be an even bigger motherfucker than I already am. In fact, I even this morning walking to the gym felt better at the slightly lighter body weight. And we're still talking about 315 pounds this morning, Steve. So, yes, just those kind of things. There's something that Mitch Steve touched on earlier on, and I'll say this, it's also dose-dependent and diet-dependent when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, watch the back pumps and the shin pumps occasionally on Debo and Anadrol because you're going to get pumped walking to the gym. You're going to get pumped walking to the shops. Never mind what you do in the gym. We want the pump in the gym, Steve. We don't want the pump pumping stuff up and down the stairs or moving the shopping or when the wife asks you to move the sofa and all those kind of things. So fantastic for gym stuff. Play with the dosages. You will have individual response. But again, Steve and I both agree on the, on the, on the numbers here. 30 milligrams is a sweet spot for Debo. 50 milligrams seems to be the sweet spot per day. Again, Ranadrol and the low dosage. I would agree with what Steve said again. Don't have to run any of these at crazy numbers, in my opinion. But some of you might only because your response is going to be slightly different from ours. And like Steve said earlier on, I'm, I'm not keen on everybody trying every single performance enhancement drug there is, but I do agree I would run any of these if I wanted to see our response solo and at lower doses. And here's the thing, guys, and we'll one last thing on dosing again. You can always tweak it a little bit during a cycle. Don't be stuck on 30 or 20 or 50 or whatever if you need to adjust it a little bit down or a little bit up. Some of you guys will struggle with blood pressure and water retention. We're getting to the side effect momentarily. Lower the doses, 10 milligrams, 20 milligrams. And now you know that 40 is the best for you, or now you know 60 is the best for you. Me and Steve, 30 for D-Bowl, 50 for Anadrol, and a recommended dose of Steve go for the T-Bowl. That is Steve. So, you know, let's get into some tips. So the first tip is a pill cutter. Now, a lot of you might go, you'll find Geneza products, 
and you'll see, oh my God, uh, Anadrol is 50 milligrams each each tablet. And you're going to panic. Or you're going to see that um, Dianabol is 50, 50 milligrams per tablet. What do I do? I, I don't want to run 50. I want to run 25. Or I want to split my dose. I want to run 25 in the morning, 25 in the evening. So a pill cutter is a cheap investment. And that will allow you to cut these pills up. And that will allow you to easily split them up that way. Now, another good question that I hear is how often am I supposed to take these? So <clears throat> Dianabol has a very short half-life. So Dianabol, I would take it at least twice a day. Some people take it three times a day. That's fine. But twice a day is sufficient. Anadrol once a day is fine. T-Bowl once a day is fine. Um, but with T-Bowl, I would... I might, I might take it, you know, split it AM, PM, you know, but if you're just doing 50 milligrams of anadrol, just taking it once a day is fine. Um, it's not going to really affect, you know, anything uh, about what you do on that. So now another tip I want to give, and I'll bring in mobster to give some hips to is about bulking and about dirty bulking. A lot of people that make the mistake of dirty bulking. And when you dirty bulk, it's extremely risky because you could be putting on unwanted mass that's very difficult to get rid of remember earlier i talked about insulin resistance i talked a lot about it I'll, I'll talked about that a lot on prior podcasts and insulin resistance happens increases with with a lot of people who bodybuild because we are always taught eat a lot of food and eat very often so when you do that you actually train your body to to want food all the time you know, it's like you see these these survival shows on TV, the real ones, not the fake ones like Survivor or something like that. But actual survival shows would actually put people out. The ones that survive the easiest are the ones who don't eat very often as it is. The ones who don't survive are the big bodybuilders, you know, who. Who eat a lot of food and eat a lot of often who need carbs all the time. This in, yeah. these this amazing amount of carbohydrate intake, which is not sustainable because in nature, you're not going to be able to get a lot of sugars and carbs in nature. So they struggle. So if you bulk up with a lot of crappy foods, all right, a lot of foods in, in boxes, pizza, any, any type of junk food, ice cream, cake, what's going to end up happening is you're going to build insulin resistance over time. And then when it comes time to you to decide to cut later on, then you're going to have a problem. It's going to be very, very uncomfortable, and you're going to struggle to cut down. And it's going to be very hard to reverse that the way you've been living your lifestyle, you see? So how many foods do you eat on a day-to-day -day basis that contain both fat and carbs in them? Think about it. And if you think about it, um, a steak, for example, has fat but no carbs. Fruit has carbs but no fat. Nuts have fat but no carbs. I can keep going. There's very few foods in nature that contain both fat and carbs. Avocado, for example, has both fat and carbs, but avocado also has fiber, so it slows down that processing in the body. So if you look in your pantry or you look in your freezer at these foods that come in boxes, they all contain mostly both fat and carbs, and your body does not want that shit, okay? When you eat that shit on a day-to-day -day basis, 
you increase your insulin resistance and you increase your fat, your body fat over time. And it's going to affect you over time. It's going to make it harder for you to stay lean over time. So stick to single ingredient, high quality natural foods. When you go to the supermarket, shop in the meat section and shop in the, in the produce section. That's it. You don't have any business in the middle of the store buying anything out of a box. You don't have any business going to the freezer section and buying things that are frozen. You know what I'm saying? So that's the way to stay lean over time. So think about it. Think of what I'm saying. Go right, go after this show, go in your kitchen, look in your pantry and look at everything that you're eating. All this junk food, the cereals, the things in packages, just look at them. They all contain both carbs and fat. And that's just not naturally what we're supposed to be putting in our body. So if you bulk up the right way with the right foods, you will put on good, clean muscle mass that's keepable. If you bulk the wrong way with a lot of bad foods, you'll put on a lot of slop and you'll look like shit in the process. So, and you'll be wasting your steroid cycle. So that's my advice. That's my tip. So mobster, I'll give you the floor. You are the bulking expert. Give us some good tips. So 100%, like I mentioned earlier on, guys, your training needs to be kind of nasty, dirty, horrible. And what I mean by that is the big lifts, the big lifts done with lots and lots of weight. You don't even have to go crazy with the repetitions and the sets and the volume. Kind of low volume, guys. Keep it somewhere in the 8 to 10 reps range and add some weight to the goddamn bar. 5 by 5 programs for everything, guys, honestly. That would be number one, Steve. So big, heavy compounds done with heavy weights, relatively low reps, enough to stimulate growth, but you're not looking to cut up. You're not looking to get into shape. You're not looking to do work on your endurance here. If you can, guys, and funny enough, a little bit of cardio, even on a bulk works because it stimulates the appetite, stimulates the metabolism, which means you're going to get more food in. Something else, Stephen, I touched on it right at the beginning. I said that if you look at the way, and especially true of professional bodybuilders now, they don't have to be in stage shape but they do like to keep in reasonable shape because they don't have to chisel away all that fat and surplus that they had. So here's what they, they, they suggested. And I've actually seen professional bodybuilders talk about this. So they've got their meal prep sorted and some of them are sponsored by the meal prep companies. What are they doing? They're adding another healthy meal. And if you do meal prep for yourself, it's like another cup of rice, another load of broccoli, another chicken breast. In other words, you're... A surplus of calories, probably no more than an additional 500 a day, Steve, but sometimes a little bit less, just enough to stimulate the growth that you're getting from the gym and in the weights or the compounds that I suggested, and then a little bit extra to feed on it. Tips, specific tip, and I've addressed this before, and we're going to do this on a particular podcast in a not-too-distant future, and it's about retention of the new muscle. Guys, it's as simple as this, and it really is. Crazy, crazy simple when I say it. Eat for what you've gained. So, for example, if you started at 200 and you bulked up to 210, you're probably going to be 206 if you keep six pounds of the muscle that you've gained of the 10. So eat for the 206. Just adjust your calories, your protein, your fats, your carbs. Adjust them a little bit so that they are enough there for the new muscle. And the same thing for your training. When you go, when you come off the drugs and you go back to being off cycle, 
tweak the weights that you're using somewhere between what you started with at the beginning of the cycle and what you ended with. So in other words, for example, guys, in a simple analogy, again, if you were benching 200 before and by the end of the cycle, you got the 220, I want you doing 205 of cycle. And that's the kind of muscle work that's going to keep the new gained muscle. That's going to keep those six pounds off. Real, real, I'm oversimplifying it, Steve. Steve deals with clients. We've done this when we talk to guys in the gym. I would know what your weight is. I would know what your body weight is. I'd know what your diet is. And it's the tiniest tweak in the universe to get it done. Too many guys stay on all year round to keep the muscle gain and they're worried about coming off. And really, it's as simple as what I've just said with the tiniest tweak specific to you to keep that new muscle. I want to talk, touch on very briefly, Steve, before we finish up on making sure you guys know how to handle the side effects. Now, bulking up and specifically using Debol and Anadrol over T-Bolt, watch your water retention. Make sure you're using a remote substance. And specifically with, with, with uh, the orals here, I'm thinking Novadex over uh, uh, others, only because of the nature of the drugs that you're using. So watch you don't gain too much water. If you do, and another reason why you don't want to gain 15 or 25 pounds on cycle, Steve's going to touch on this if he wants, is the blood pressure issues. And again, that's a combination of stressing on the body, physically on your joints, by having that much water weight and or just nasty weight on yourself. As Steve said already, getting fat, we don't want you to get fat. We want you to get bigger. We want you to get stronger. So watching your body fat for that particular reason and Blood pressure in and of itself can cause you problems. You're already using drugs. You're already eating more. You're already training like a maniac in the gym. Those things in themselves can stress the body. Blood pressure is another stressor that we don't really need. And again, like I said, guys, it's one of those things where you can actually be physically uncomfortable if you do a dirty bulk, if you gain too much. Talk about blood pressure, Steve, before we finish up. Yeah, one of the side effects to watch out for, because these oral steroids, they work so fast, they peak so fast in your system, we're talking about maybe four days till they reach peak in your system, three, four days. Um, and they're peaking if you take them on a correct schedule. So, you know, the blood pressure can really sneak up on you really quickly. And, all, and plus, the more you bulk and the quicker you bulk, the, the more of the blood pressure is going to be an issue. So... Um, I recommend getting a blood pressure monitor, keeping it at home. Um, a lot of gyms have blood pressure monitors inside, but also, you know, uh, many of them do not. Um, I've trained at gyms that have and, and trained at gyms that do not. But having one at home is a really good idea. It's very important before going into any cycle. And this this is going to be a tip along with blood pressure. Blood pressure is an issue. A poor resting heart rate is an issue heart issues, um, when you're bulking, all these become strained because your body put, is under a lot of stress and puts a lot of pressure on your organs, especially your heart. So it's very important before you go into a cycle, especially a bulking cycle, but really any cycle, to get into the best shape you can, all right? So um, a great way to get into shape is just to go to like a soccer field barefoot, okay? A nice grass soccer field and just run around the soccer field for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, a nice light run. And that will kind of train your body. That will train your heart to improve your resting heart rate. So it's very important as an athlete to have a low resting heart rate. Okay. Um, when I'm in peak shape, 
my resting heart rate is 48, 50, 52, you know, check your resting heart rate. I mean, as an athlete, your resting heart rate should be low, should be under 65. I mean, if it's, if your resting heart rate's 85 or 90, then you're not an athlete, you know, you're just not, you need to get that better. So you got to train the heart to be, to be stronger. And that will definitely help with high blood pressure on cycle. Now, um, you know, as I talked about earlier, Anadrol, you can't take an aromatase inhibitor with Anadrol. It's not going to help you because Anadrol is binding to estrogen receptors. So taking an AI won't help you. So what you need to do with, with, with Anadrol is just lower the dosage. If your blood pressure is getting out of control, you need to lower the dosage. Dianabol, you can run Aromacin, Arumidex. That can help control the estrogen issues. But obviously, if your estrogen gets high, you're going to be holding a lot of water, and that's going to strain your heart health even worse. So it's really a good idea to monitor your blood pressure and all this stuff. Look, it's a silent killer. You've got bodybuilders dropping dead from heart attacks all the time. Um, it's really, really common. So your heart, you don't want to destroy your heart, and it's, it's just not necessary to destroy your heart. That's the whole point of running these shorter cycles. Uh, these are short, aggressive cycles. Come off and then come off for as long as you need to to make sure your organs balance themselves out. And then you can go back on uh, later on. So, Mobster, why don't you give us one final tip and take us to yeah. the disclaimer. It was a great show. I have one more tip, guys. Hydrate. Seriously, especially when you're on orals because it's actually going to have a slightly cleansing effect. Uh, I've mentioned the glycogen storage, et cetera, in your muscles earlier on. It's going to help with the pumps, uh, although touring would also help with the, if they're super crazy pumps. But, yeah, hydrate. It's funny. It, it, you'd be surprised at the amount of people that forget to add, add additional fluids, and specifically water, when they're eating better, when they're training like crazy. And, again, it depends on where in the world you live, but hydrate more. I've touched on this recently with Steve, even though it's getting to the cooler months, I have a bottle of dilute squash by my bed. And as a habit now, even with the electric blanket on in the cold UK as it is, I will still drink the best part of three quarters of a litre. That's like a pint and a half, Steve. Every goddamn evening, if I wake up, I'm having a couple of mouthfuls and so on and so forth. So hydrate more, especially when you're bulky. It's a good idea to do anyway for way of flushing the kidneys, but it also helps with the bulk. And like Steve said, there's silly little things like and Steve said, it's, it's as much psychological as anything else. I've doubled up on my D-bowl, Steve, even when I split. If I've been taking 10 milligram pills, I've doubled up before the gym for that slightly enhanced pump. That, that will come as much from uh, carbs and food manipulation as it does from the extra hydration and doubling up on the D-bowl before you go to the gym. But again, guys, we're looking for a combination of actual gains in the gym in terms of strength, actual size added in terms of the bulk, but also, why the hell not, especially with Debo and to a lesser degree with Anabol, Adadrol, just a nicer, nastier pump when we go to the gym. Because some of us freaks love that too, Steve. Yeah, great one. I enjoyed it. Please note, we are not doctors and opinions are ours and ours alone. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.